thewellnesscouch.com, streaming wellness into your life. Welcome to Wellness Women Radio for the women with big dreams who dare to be different and who want to thrive in health, work and play. Dr. Ashley Bond and Dr. Andrea Huddleston bring you a weekly podcast to help you master true health and create an exceptional life. This episode of Wellness Women Radio is very proudly brought to you by Dinner Twist. Dr. Ashley and I want to let you in on a little secret of how we maintain our healthy whole foods lifestyle with very little time. And one of those ways is actually with Dinner Twist. So they plan, they shop, they deliver everything to our door to take all of the guesswork out of having really healthy meals for dinner each night. Um, I love Dinner Twist because they are a locally family-owned business here in Perth in Western Australia, and all of their produce is locally sourced and seasonal. So they are really invested in all of their suppliers as well, which is absolutely amazing. Everything is so fresh. Uh, Ashley and I both get the Wholesome Box, which is naturally gluten and dairy-free as well, and is very consistent with a paleo-type lifestyle as well. Uh, so it's, you know, completely consistent with, you know, the way that we want to eat and want to feed our loved ones too. This is also how I trick Dean into thinking that I can actually cook. So seriously, if I can do it, everybody can trust me. And their recipes are so delicious. They also have other options apart from the wholesome box. So they have a family box for bigger size families an express box. If you're really short on time, uh, as well as a vegan box too. Now, we would love to give you the opportunity for you to actually try Dinner Twist and realize how healthy, how delicious and how fresh it is, but also how much easier this is going to make life as well. So we have a special promo code for you, and that is going to give you $35 off your first box. And that is WWR for Wellness Women Radio. Um, So we would love you to uh, try for yourself. Don't take my word for it, but let me know what you think. Without further ado, ladies, onto the show. Hey there, gorgeous listeners. Thank you so much for tuning in to Wellness Women Radio this week. It's a pleasure to have you on board. I'm Ashley. And I'm Andrea. And we are so happy to be back behind the mic um, again. So thank you so much for your patience. Don't forget, you can find us on social media. So I am DrAndrea.xo on Instagram. I'm The Period Whisperer on Facebook. You can find Ashley on Dr. Ashley Bond on everything and on um, Facebook, we are the Wellness Women and the Wellness Women Official on Instagram. Um, hey, don't forget to subscribe to us on whatever, um, I guess, podcasting using, and we love your five-star rating. So keep them coming. <laughs> yeah, awesome. Thank you so much. And um, I guess, you know, we've, we've had some interesting things happen in the last few weeks and uh, anyone who's followed social media, I think, um, has put a lot of love into, you know, our lives, but uh, most importantly, put into Andrea's world because obviously our favorite guest is not here. And um, for those of you who uh, listen to us and have listened to us for a long time, we've always had the gorgeous Chiaki in the background. And very sadly, um, Andrea, you know, lost Chiaki. And I'm sorry to do that to you, Andy, but I just have to acknowledge <laughs> how big a piece of, of, you know, your world and our world and who we are as wellness women, you know, he's always been part of our, our world together. And I think, you know, this episode is an ode to the heart. I, I feel like this is an episode all about the heart. This is about, you know, using our intuition and, you know, the very powerful um, muscle that sits inside our our chest wall there, um, which sometimes no logical mind can explain. And I think, you know, tonight we're going to talk about intuition, tuning into your intuition and tapping into, you know, your heart and, and learning how to listen to some of those signals and some of those things that 
Your body gives you, but sometimes we don't acknowledge. And I know Andrew and I both do a very, um, I guess, unthought of thing in practice. And we use intuition in our daily practice every single day. We have to tune into that our ability to get a gut feel on something. And our logical mind, our university trained mind goes through the checklist and does all the, you know, protocols. But it's sometimes just our touch, our hands or our heart or something. And I, all I can say is it's just like this intuitive sense of how and why you do something with someone, you know, why that one today, you know, why that particular adjustment today, why that particular conversation today. And often it's, it's got a big intuitive kind of undertone to it. And we can't always explain that. So ladies, if you've ever had that feeling of going, I just said yes to that, but I don't know why I said yes. Or, you know, I just walked past that person and I, I ran cold chills all over my body, but I don't know why. Or, um, oh my gosh, I was so supposed to be on that train, but I didn't get on there and something bad happened. And I'm so glad I didn't. Like there's these really unusual links between, um, cognitive, you know, space, our, our conscious awareness, and then this intuitive space in our world. And I'd love to, I'd love to help, you know, each of you just tap in a little bit more into this thing that you were this, you really are a powerful intuitive being. And look, if you just probably talked to me 20 years about this, 20 years ago about this, I might've been a little bit skeptical um, because I'd had quite a few different life events, but I always put them down to like synchronicity or just chance or, you know, like, oh, that's weird. Or, um, you know, spin a dice enough times, you're eventually going to get, you know, number six. Like it's just, it was just that idea of like, well, of course, eventually this will happen. So the skeptic in me kind of didn't really connect with it. But then more and more and more and more and more and more things started happening in my life. And eventually I had to just kind of accept. Um, it was that, you know, incredible acceptance of like, oh my gosh, <laughs> I actually got a feel for that before that even happened. And I was so right about that. So, um, yeah, I, I guess for me, I've done for quite some time um, some some learning in this area because I find it very interesting. And I don't know if you've ever heard of it, ladies, but there's something called the Heart Math Institute, and they do a lot of research on you know, I guess the science of the heart. You know, they've got a book there, so if you've never heard of it, go to Heart Math Institute, jump on there. I'm pretty sure they have a free ebook still. It was there for quite some time, um, and it's a really interesting scientific look at how we are consciously ignoring this, but there's actually a really scientific rationale as to why we get these senses. So, Andrea, tell us a little bit about some of the things in your world that, um, you know, where is intuition played into your life? Uh, well, I'm so glad you um, didn't expect me to speak for a little while there. <laughs> um, so, I didn't, uh, wasn't expecting Ash to mention Tiaki tonight and obviously it's like pretty raw. So, um, thank you for that, um, Ash. He, yeah, it's it's difficult. I don't know what to say about that. But um, certainly since his passing and with that, um, I felt him and I've sensed him and um, you know, I think that's probably a little bit different to, to sort of what's happening uh, or what we're going to talk about tonight. But as interestingly, as a teenager, I felt like I really trusted my intuition um, and some of those finely honed skills a little bit more than what I may do today. And I think because in the work that we do, we have to be so analytical as well. And obviously we live in this, uh, this world that is, we must be so evidence-based and everything must be so scientific. And um, I think that we could just go down the route of being very left-brained, but 
I really love the work that we do, especially with women as well, where we get to see so many people throughout the day and we get to see so many different spectrums of like, you know, health and emotions. And also just with that sense of touch that we have as well, we can just get that feeling of tone and tension within someone's system that's so palpable and it you know, it's really easy to come up with that so quickly. Um, so I think that we've probably subconsciously tuned some of those um, those skills. But when I was a teenager, I read a book called Conversations with God by Neil Donald Walsh. And this is not necessarily like a religious book because I didn't really identify with that. But it kind of, and, you know, as I think I was like 13 or 14 when I read it, and then I read the whole series and I really got into it. And I really love this idea of um, your imagination can be your intuition as well. And then I started like testing it going, okay, so if we can really have this conversation with the, you know, divine or with the universe or God or whatever you want to call it, then um, prove it. And so I started testing it and I started, you know, there'd be, um, say, a game show on TV and before the question was even answered or sorry before the question was even asked or before it was on the screen I knew what the answer to the question was going to be and just funny little things like that I'm like okay maybe there's something to this and I sort of have played with that and tried to stretch it and um, I guess strengthen that muscle as I've gone and every single time I've gone against my intuition or ignored it I've regretted it every single time and I remember when I was (coughs) excuse me um, at university um, and I was living in New Zealand and my boyfriend at the time, um, Jeremy, we were living together. Uh, I came home to Australia for the summer and I just had a sense one day that something was not quite right and it was really bizarre and I texted him and I said, I have a feeling that there's a reason I shouldn't trust you or something along those lines. And Apparently, it was that day that he had, like, started a relationship with another woman. And I, you know, he didn't tell me about any of this until much later. So, I got back to New Zealand. I could pal- It was palpable that something wasn't quite right. Um, my house, and we lived together, my house felt different. And I just wouldn't let it go. And, um, you know, a lot of women who've been in a situation where maybe a partner has been unfaithful and they, they know it, they feel it, they sense it. Um, women always know. I wholeheartedly believe this. They always, always know. And sometimes your partner will make you think that you're crazy or obsessive or something along those lines. And I would not let it go. And I held him to it and finally he admitted it. And the whole thing came out. And the day that it started, the day they had their first like kind of physical contact was when I texted him. I said, I've got this funny feeling. What's going on? Um, and I'm not. Um, I'm not an obsessive person. I'm not a jealous person. I'm not the kind of person who would pick up someone's phone and go through it or anything like that. I just knew and I knew much certainty. And it's just these these sorts of things. And there's also reasons for that as well. And there's reasons why women have much more finely tuned intuition and that, that gut feeling, that gut sense. And there's a lot of science behind that too. But before we get into that, I Ash, I want to ask you the same question because we've had lots of conversations about things that have happened that you have um, sort of shared with me that has absolutely given me goosebumps and has like just made me go, oh my God. Um, and I also know that uh, you use a lot of like angel and oracle cards a lot as well. And the messages that have come from that have always been so bloody spot on and whether or not um you know people want to kind of brush that 
off or think of it as like um, astrology or something like that. It just have always been so crystal clear. Um, so, Ash, I'm throwing that question back to you. Yeah. Oh, gosh. Um, and that's what I was saying about, you know, 20 years ago, I might not have trusted myself um, to mm-hmm. have, have tuned in to have really been getting what I was getting. I always put it down to like, oh, I just random chance or that was weird or um i've overthought that and i've just reacted and maybe you know i like it was always i always had an excuse or an answer for it um and i never gave it it's kind of space to just be what it was and to just accept that there was an intuitive sense to me that had far greater knowledge of my world and my surroundings than i consciously could could appreciate and um i think that was something that was really enlightening and i know so many people have these and and so many people have these moments and they just don't know i guess at what point or where or when to connect those dots mine often would happen um with deep strong senses of dream state so i I would Mm. i would i would dream at night but Every now and then, and it's what it wasn't routine or regular. So when it happened, it sh- like kind of shocked me into awakeness. Really, um, I'd get these vivid dreams, so so insanely real that I almost felt like I was in that situation, and um, they were like premonitions. I had this sense, this sense of them, and I was like, and you know, strange things would happen. Like I, there was a friend I hadn't seen for such a long time, and he popped into this dream, and you know, it put him in a place and a terrible event happening, and. It was so shocking that I actually had to to say something. Anyway, um, you know, and I messaged him and I was like, oh, friend Chance, are you happen to head to, you know, this sort of place um, anytime soon? He was literally going there that night and he didn't live in the area. Like he was he was so far out of area. He was actually coming to catch up with some of our old friends. So it was like really just like, oh, my goodness, like he was not – He why would he be here? This is so weird. He's in a different, totally different area of Sydney. Like there's just no – he never comes here. So why did I feel the need to – to contact him and just uh, like connect anyway mm. so as it turns out yeah he was supposed to be there in that night and i just had this i had to say it i said i'm just i don't know why i don't know where you're gonna think i'm totally insane but i have a really really bad thing in my mind and i just you know i had to contact and he thought it was so so weird now the blue that i knew he was going to be and he was just like okay yeah. that's freaked me out now <laughs> and, yeah. and i remember him going oh i think i'm gonna change my plans because that's just that's just freaked me. And I'm like, I'm so sorry. Um, and, you know, as it turned out, he did change his plans and, you know, no, no bad events came to pass, but that started to get me going, oh, my gosh, that's so weird. Um, you know, like the X-Files, those. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. But I think my mo- most powerful ones have been the times when I've had a really strong sense of both good and bad things happening, but the ones that I didn't respond to were the ones, you know, you remember, we just go, oh my gosh, I totally had that feeling already. Why didn't I listen? Um, being in the wrong place at the wrong time, you know, choosing to go with someone that you know you shouldn't trust, but you decide to let your head get out of the road, you know, just that kind of thing, thinking, oh no, I should be trusting them because everyone else does. Um, or the idea of, uh, for me, travel often brought it out strongly because I had to have my senses so keenly, you know, finely tuned, yeah. you know, traveling yeah. alone, um, really, 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 I think this is probably where it all really connected was when I started to travel alone. I had to have every sense about me, you know, primed and ready. And that's the self-preservation, right? If you go back to our biological settings, you know, the human brain is finely and keenly tuned for survival. So, you know, you put someone into a foreign environment um, solo and they're going to have this rapid, unconscious environmental ability to scan everything that's going around them without 
really realizing what they're doing because that's that's yeah. a mechanism that's a mammalian kind of reflex we have um so i think it really tuned into those ones and you know it just kept following me just everything like i we went pete and i went up you know a volcano and i was standing at the top of this thing in um uh we were in sumatra bali and i just remember going um i have yeah mount cinnabon it blew up like less than a week after we'd been there and i was just like i had this really sense of like pete we've got to get down i feel really uncomfortable up here i can't breathe i feel really like energetically overloaded i'm really feeling unsafe and it wasn't anything logical like everyone's up there having a great time taking selfies having a photo have a packed lunch you know mm-hmm. have a so those things kept happening um so i think you know it doesn't always have to be the big stuff. It can actually just be the little stuff. It's the gut feel on someone. And I say to people, if you're not sure, you know, it doesn't have to be big, wild, crazy stuff like what I've, I guess I've experienced at times. It's sometimes just the gut feel. It's the feeling of that person making your blood run a little bit cold and you think, why did I feel really really off around that person when all these people around me are going oh they're so nice they're amazing but you're you're you know i call them spidey senses your spidey senses are going off you know and they're, they're getting this sensitivity um and yeah there's actually something called you know energetic sensitivity and this is the ability of your nervous system to detect and respond to environmental signals and these, you know, these are so well established in humans and we just don't honour that that sensory experience enough. Uh, we tend to get locked in our heads. So um, if you've mm-hmm. ever had, had sensory experiences like that, you need to trust yourself because um, it's real. It exists. It's not. It's not a figment of your imagination. Um, yeah. So yeah, you know, exactly. And if if you need a little bit more science behind this, um, and if you need a little bit more convincing, then there's also reasons why this is more finely tuned in women as well. Um, so, like this this whole idea of intuition or or your spidey senses, Ash, I love how you, you refer to that. So it's just it's this ability to know to use all of those senses that goes beyond kind of that analytical reasoning. So it's the it's the bridging the gap between your conscious and unconscious parts of your mind and you know, with our left and right sides of our brain, our right side is more, um, I guess, more creative, more, um, more like I like to call it more empathetic. This is what is a little bit more established in women. So women are a little bit more right-brained than men for the most part. And uh, whereas our left side is much more analytic, analytical, kind of scientific, mathematical, that's kind of how I see the left and right sides. And in women, the transition between the two sides of the brain, which is called the corpus callosum. So it's this connective like white matter is it's thicker than men. So that kind of speed channel highway that happens between the two is much faster and it's much more substantial. So we're integrating and using both our analytical brain and our like, you know, our emotional brain at a much faster rate than what men do. So our decision making is much faster and <coughs> excuse me. And also women have much more finely tuned um, gut-brain axis as well, which we know is how we are using almost that sixth sense to take in all of our environment and then feed back that to our reaction on our system. And we also think that this is an evolutionary process because usually women are, you know, entrusted with the the childcare and the raising the children and that sort of thing. So we have to have more accurate, more finely tuned instincts. And we have to be able to assess our situation in an instinct in a moment and decide whether or not there's any potential threats for for the offspring. And this is also um, there's research that shows that women are much more empathetic 
as well. So we can read facial cues better than men. We can sense um, some of that, I guess, emotional energy better as well. Um, so there's there's actually science behind this as well. The, our biology, our neurology, everything is geared to be um, much more finely tuned when it comes to assessing our environment. Mm, it's so interesting too because, um, you know, the environment is just, it is just an energetic field, right? So everything around mm-hmm. us is emitting signals in some way and our nervous systems are, are wired to detect these things. I mean, what I found interesting about your situation there, Andrew, was you were like distant from the experience. You know, yeah. you, you sensed something and you were mm-hmm. a continent apart, or, you know, countries apart. Mm-hmm. And I think that was really interesting because what you, you were, you know, demonstrating, experiencing there is what, um, you know, the, the HeartMath Institute refers to as this concept of non-local intuition. Um, and the same thing happens for parents when they get a gut feel something's not right with their child or, yep. you know, or that friend you just need to call because you just have a feeling something's not okay. Like that, that whole, you're not together, but you get a sense for something. Mm-hmm. Um, and they've even talked about this mm-hmm. in the business world that this is actually often the, the common thread of those, you know, fast paced entrepreneurs who seem to make this, this, you know, ahead of the trend decision making and, and you know, successful and repeatedly successful transitions. And that's often to do with this concept of, you know, this non-local intuition. Like, I don't know why I just feel, you know, I I can't explain it completely. I just know it's right. It's just that, or in your case, I can't explain it completely, but I just know something's wrong. You know, and that's, yeah. it's, yeah, it's exactly. both it's both ways. It's that that ability to to fast pace forward, but also to put the brakes on when when you get the sense that something's not right as well. So, um, yeah, I find it really interesting because you know a lot of our other decisions are made on knowledge and experience, aren't they? Like based on prior experience and learning, and that whole idea of you know mothers, fathers, preachers, teachers, so our value systems, and um, so many of these other things are, are connected like uh, implicitly with memory or awareness, whereas that is something altogether different so you know i find that's that stuff's like really really interesting so yes i um i think i do encourage people all the time i'm like so what did your gut feel say about this i notice i use Mm, that language quite often like i'm like i hear what you're saying but if i just had to say what's your gut feel on this what do you think's going on and it's really interesting how often people have logically told you what they think and all of a sudden you go what's your gut feel and the answer changes completely and it's like, oh, is that interesting? Mm-hmm. You know, oh, well, actually what I really think is going on is this, this, and this. Hey, guess what? You're probably right. And they're like, what? <laughs> um, I love it. Um, and actually you'll experience this as well. Like you'll have a, a new patient and it'll be a woman sitting there and she'll tell you why she's there, but you know it's not what she's telling you. Mm. And you just wait and you're like, okay, what is it that we really need to work on? And they look at you and then there's just, it's almost like you find that chink in the armor and um, sometimes it'll just spur up a whole bunch of emotion and they'll just start crying and it's like, right, we've hit the nail on the head, whatever this is about, that's 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 why you're here or that's what we're working on or, you know, whatever it might be. And because we've had enough experience to be able to kind of feel through that as well. And these are our superpowers. Like women's brains have these superpowers and are optimized for that like rapid intuitive decision-making and understanding as well. And I think in um, one of our previous episodes, it might have been the one that we did on women and anxiety, I think maybe, um, where we were talking about how a woman's brain is a little bit more hardwired for that alertness. Um, So even if you don't realize it, um, we're just more finely tuned that way, which I think is a gift as well. Um, 
so hmm, yes we would love to hear your stories as well about when you've trust your intuition and, and where that's kind of led you but if this is something that you want to work on um and something that you want to see if you can trust a little bit more or finally tune a little bit more we've we've got a couple of little little tidbits for homework for you as well yeah, I think women need to realize that um, we have 4K, like, I guess we'd call them sensor experiences. And they, they talk about these, um, oh, it, yeah, I think we're probably going to switch two concepts here, but I'll talk about the two concepts. Like, so HeartMath Institute, they talk a lot about um, the three senses more in a, a sort of scientific rationale, um, devoid of sort of clairvoyance, so to speak. Um, mm-hmm. They talk more about this sort of analytical, you know, intuitive practice. But then if you kind of move out into the space where people start to get into the conscious mind and spiritual awakening and all that sort of world, you tend to see more discussions about um, intuitive abilities in this, I guess, in the distinct categories of clairvoyance, clairsentience, clairaudience and claircognizance. And this is, um, you know, I think as soon as you start using the word clairvoyance, everyone goes, oh, you know. Um, yeah. but, but the reality is that each one of us has each of these abilities, whether tapped or untapped, and we may be stronger in some areas more than others. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, for example, you know, um, let's just say I've never heard anything. So, clear audience doesn't exist in my world. Like, I just I don't hear stuff. There's no voices. I don't get a, sort of a sensory you know, auditory sound. Um, but clairvoyance, I will get, you know, visual stuff. I'll really get a strong vision um, and a strong sense, you know, like a strong sense for something. But I don't get, uh, you know, other areas of strength. So if you said, what's my thing, sometimes it's just like, I just know. Like, why do you know? I don't know. I just know. I can't explain it. I wish I could tell you. And that's that kind of this idea of this um, – clear cognizance and yeah i wish i wish i sort of was able to tune in and have all of the senses but i think you know what's well known is that we all have something so if you find yourself leaning towards an awareness of one of those things let's just say you know you get a gut feel um you you get that feeling for it they do talk about trying to work on the strength meaning that if you've already got something that's giving you um oh you know or maybe every now and then you hear something you think oh did i just hear something if you feel like that's guiding you or leading you or something that's actually you know, an area to strengthen um, as opposed to trying to be all of everything, which, you know, they've, they've shown that most people don't have um, all of them equally strong. There's, we have a preference for one or potentially two of those areas. Um, just trying to think how we, how we talk about bringing in increasing um, that, that clairvoyance or that clairsentience or, you know, any of those senses. For me, I've always tried to take note of frequency. You know, just as in, is it actually happening or is it just coincidental or accidental? And all of a sudden, you know, I went through a stage um, just prior to something not great happening in my life and it was really unusual. Like my son just kept picking up feathers everywhere. I'm talking there's a feather on the path, there's a feather on the grass, there's a feather in our courtyard. I'm just like, what the heck? Where the heck are these feathers going? I've got a bundle of them literally collected within a two-week window. It's just so weird. And then something bad happened and then, like, literally all the, cl- the the feathers disappeared. Now, I wasn't the one finding him, which I just found so bizarre. I'm like, why is Olive just finding feathers everywhere? And then he just stopped finding feathers. And I'm like, okay, I can either see that as a sign, as a sense, or I could just say that's just weird, freaky coincidence. But, you know, I chose mm-hmm. to take it as a sign and a sense because, 
you know, it just made sense the way it was laying out. I was like, I couldn't make this happen if I tried. Um, so, you know, sometimes you get yeah. those moments where you just go, even if I tried my very hardest to make this happen right now, I actually don't think I could. <laughs> yeah, that's so interesting. And mm. I think a lot of the time um, we will know it when there's maybe some discourse with some friends or a relationship that you have or something. You just, it, it might be that pit in your stomach that you have when catching up with someone or um, just, you, you know, you can't quite connect or someone's not, just not your type of person. And there's usually reasons for that as well. And God, we get that all the time. And I, for some reason, I'm much more finely tuned with that with my staff. Like I always just know when someone's off and without ever saying anything without it, you know, you just, you just know, and I can just feel it in my system. So maybe for me, um, I, I'm not sure what um, what sense that would be, um, Ash, but I feel it in my body a lot as well. Um, and when I was younger, like when I was a teenager, um, when I was trying to like test out some of these things and just, you know, kind of be like, right, if this is, if there's any truth to this, then prove it to me. I was kind of, you know, testing, testing the waters in that sense. And uh, like one of my friend's grandparents had just passed away and I um, was sort of just asking, okay, um, if this is real, I want to know what they died from. And I could feel in my stomach that um, there was, there was, and I asked, or I said to my friend, you know, what, what did your um, grandparent die of? And they're like, oh, bowel cancer. And I'm like, okay, I could feel that. So, you know, it's almost like that, that feeling or that sense that you kind of, that that's sort of how I Oh, yeah, you're 100% ex- yeah. sort of developed it a little bit, if that sort of makes sense. Absolutely, it makes sense. And could so, be completely coincidental, but who cares? <laughs> no. So that's, you know, that's a strong like, clear sentence. And I, as soon as I met you, I knew that that was one of your strengths because you feel, you know, other people see, they, and one of the things, you know, you can relate this to is, um, for example, like if you go on holidays and someone relates to you, um, relays back that holiday, often we describe our, our strong experiences in the sense we're strongest at. So meaning that, um, oh, I saw this and it was amazing and this, that and that, and that. whereas uh, someone else might say, oh, my gosh, I felt so incredible while I was here and oh, I couldn't get over the feeling of walking around this place that was yeah. 5,000 years old. Guess what? They're feeling-based, right? The person who describes yeah. everything they saw in detail, oh, my gosh, you would not believe, you know, the bluest sky I've ever, you know, seen and the watercolour, it was incredible. Like they start um, unloading their, their memory in in a visual sense. You're probably finding yeah. that they're tending towards more of a visual kind of dominance in terms of what they they experience in their, in their natural sort of sentience. But I find uh, as well, like if someone's all about the sounds, oh, I've heard the birds and everything, then they're probably more clear audience. Like it's just that that thing that whatever we we talk about most like the the sensory system we talk in is probably the one that's our strength and if you ever listen to andrew on anything it's all feeling like just you are feeling 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 because you go with feeling so much it's clearly your superpower (laughs) so um Um, ash do you know what's so funny and i had to crack up at this so we had you know how in perth last weekend we had like the biggest storm we've had in like 10 years mm. 
So all of my family were like checking and going, are you guys okay? Are you guys okay? And we were totally fine. Um, and then mum messaged me and this is like obviously just after Tiaki had passed like, you know, um, the week later. And she said, do you remember when you were a kid, you used to think that you created the weather? And oh. I was like, what? So she, I, apparently when I was a kid, I used to think that when I was upset, then storms would come. Oh, and um, so I like that's what I believed when I was a little kid, and I thought, oh, that's so adorable. And then Mum's like, "Don't you think it's funny that you're having the worst storm in ten years, in the most dramatic <laughs> and t- period in your life?" Yeah, wow, and, um, isn't that powerful? Tiaki was ten when he passed, um, so I just thought that that's so funny. I'm like, "Oh, Mum, look how magic I am." <laughs> You are you know, wow. There's some, there's some of my emotions, yeah. Anyway, uh, um, you know what, so, and, and and you can laugh in that, but I I think that anything that within your your framework that brings you a sense of peace and direction and understanding and helps you make sense of the world, all of these things are worth tapping into. You know, because otherwise the world is just a disastrous, chaotic, horrific, terrible, you know, doomed place to be in. And um, I think if we tap into our intuitive yeah, senses a little bit better, dimensional as well, oh, right? Completely right. Like, yeah, it's just what you see and what what you do, not um, what you feel. And I think that's something that's really powerful as well um, is to connect that extra dimension of your world. So. I don't know, we've, we've kind of drifted off away today, but I think there's a good place for this because um, I feel like this whole global crisis is helping people shift into their sense a bit better. I'm getting mm-hmm. people who are, you know, even using the word, oh, gut feel, or even, you know, saying things like, oh, I think my intuition's getting stronger. Like I've just noticed I've been doing more, you know, this or that. I wonder if it's a moon phase. Mm-hmm. And I'm just like, I wonder if it's just a global, you know, event that's helping you know, raise the vibrations. It's helping to get people to ask questions, to challenge what they think they know, um, which, you know, heightens our sense of um, intuition. So I'm finding this a very and interesting also, time. It's forced, yeah, it's forced a lot of us to actually slow down. Mm. And with that, that slower pace, it's actually allowing yourself the space to expand those senses and maybe to actually listen to that little inner voice a little bit better. Um, And I think that this is actually like one of my top tips. If this is something that you want to try and trust a little bit more um, is like try and quieten the noise. So if you give yourself space to expand this um, and just kind of shut out some of the clutter, you know, and that might mean for a little while, like tuning out of social media and, um, you know, maybe things that stress your system that might dull this a little bit as well. And for some people, that's even certain foods and alcohol and caffeine and, and those sorts of things that help or that kind of shut down some of that. Um Obviously, like I find that meditation to be deeply powerful in this sense because it gets you into those sort of more restorative, slower brain waves that I think helps you to tap into other senses. And I also that um, when I'm just about asleep, like you're just about in that final kind of stage of, um, you know, the the sort of levels of consciousness just as I'm about to fall asleep is usually a time where I um, – just sometimes get some fairly clear information. Mm. Um, And then other things for me is just like, you know, time in nature, Um, taking time to feel through, oh, there I go, feel, (laughs) taking time to feel through problems. So not reacting in the moment, 
um, giving myself space to, okay, so, you know, something's come up that I have to try and work through and it could be quite dramatic or stressful, but just allowing a little bit of space and time to kind of go, okay, what what am I going to do about this? Um, And then other things that I find that help me is doing repetitive actions that help to um, lift my right brain. So for me, like that can be like playing piano because it's very, it's much more sort of right brained um, kind of action. It forces me to be completely present when I'm doing it and it slows down the left hand side of my brain. Um, And then that's kind of allows that capacity for just a bit more of that sense yeah, absolutely. And I love that you, you know, you have that talent that you can play piano, but if you're not as talented as Andrea, because <laughs> I'm clearly not, um, I was uh, straight away thinking, well, how do, we, how do I, I don't play the piano? Uh, I know. Well, I think for me personally, like I, I jump into non-lyrical music. So, you know, when you've got lyrical music, your brain switching yes. in, you're actually connecting in. Non-lyrical music. So let's just say you're not the musical type. Non-lyrical music is a powerful way of just helping to, you know, activate that right brain. So for me, um, I resonate with you, Andrew, when you say like music, like for you it's to play it, but for me it's to listen to it, um, to just just to really let that that music um, feel its way through my body and it helps me disconnect from yeah. stress. And as soon as that stress response yeah. goes down, it's amazing how much, um, when I say clearer, I can see it's like if there's a problem to be solved, it's like, okay, I feel like I can go forward now. Like it's almost like that intuitive senses view kind of unlocks the stress response goes down and that gut feel comes forward and the logical mind can, you know, kind of clear out the the fluff and it's like, okay, I know which way to go now. Um, So for, you know, I think the thing you've tapped into there. Ash, would you ever get that when you were paddling? Yeah, that's why I have those. Sorry, so would you ever get yeah. that when you're paddling? Like 100%. That's, yeah, 100%. Yeah. That's why it creates flow, right? You've got to be in some degree of flow mm-hmm. state. Um, and however yeah. you get to flow state is is up to you. But I think in flow state, and we talk about flow state being, you know, just like being totally synchronous with everything you're doing, just the mind is almost mm-hmm. shut down and all it down. It's just automated. Everything you do is just, oh, you just breathe. And I find it heightens everything and I just have answers. And I, I love that space to be in, which, you know, for most moms who are really busy with children, I've noticed that my um, ability to drop into those spaces and states is so much worse than it ever has been because I really almost don't honor the time and space to do it. I actually have to consciously go, oh my gosh, I have not tuned in lately. I have not tapped in. I have not asked for help. I have not, you know, I just, I realized that I've just been in such a rush or such a, a space looking after everyone else. I actually haven't allowed myself to tap into my intuition. And it's funny enough, the time that it reminds, you know, me to do that is usually when, um, you're going uphill, you know, everything seems to be a challenge. Nothing's working out. Bad stuff's happening. You know, you drop the container. This happens. That breaks. Like you just go, I like the other day, seriously, it happened to me. I broke two big frames. I broke the outer frame on one. I'm like, oh, screw this. I'm going to switch over and do the other one now. And then I broke the glass on the other one. I'm like, oh my goodness. I'm clearly not meant to hang these pictures today. What is the universe trying to tell me right now? Like it was just, it was almost comical because you couldn't really break yeah. these things unless you tried, but I actually wasn't trying. So I'm like, um, what, what's going on here? It was like, yeah, it was a really interesting wake up call. So yes, I'm with you. I think slowing down, reducing stress, increasing that right brain activity, um, moving to a space of, of joy. Like happiness is a really important yeah. space. Like finding something that really makes you happy in that moment, um, just increasing those vibrations allows you to come from a better space and you're not falling in. So I think there's a dark side to intuition and the dark side for me has always been fear. 
You know, yeah. when you're worried about something, intuition can reinforce the dark sides. Does that make sense? Yeah. 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 So, so always work from a space of, of happiness or some degree of joy so that you're actually, you know, I say working from your light side, not your dark side. Yeah, I like that. Um, bit woo, bit woo, woo, but you know, like, no, it's yeah, you know, and this whole episode could be a bit, a little bit, you know, might stretch some people's comfort zones a little bit, which is totally fine. Um, you know, I don't think that's a bad thing either. And I think if you're listening to this, then maybe there are some messages in this that are meant for you as well. Mm. And you can take from that what you will. Um, the resources that I found really useful when I was playing a little bit more around with this was the Conversations with God books. Um, I, I really enjoyed. Um, I've still got them. I still refer to back to them now. And um, it definitely was, it, it kind of sat with me well at that time. And the other one that I really liked was something called the Celestine Prophecy. Um, and it sort of talks through like different energetic states and that made a lot of sense to me. Um, have you read um, Celestine Prophecy, Del? No, not yet. Oh, it's really interesting. Okay. Um, yeah, I think that you would like it. I think there's even a movie on it now. Hmm. Um, yeah. So anyway, um, that's just a couple of little resources if that's useful um, for anybody. Ash, is there any go-to things that women can, um, that you have found that you really like? Yeah, look, I, I mentioned it earlier, but I just think um, go into the Heart Math Institute mm. um, because yeah. they just have such a great library. And for those of you who are sitting there a little bit sceptical, I doubt you've got this far if you're a little bit sceptical, to be honest, because <laughs> I would have shut down after the five five minute mark I think if I wasn't tuning in but um let's assuming that there's still a little bit of like yeah I hear what they're saying but I'm not so sure I want to see what the science says about that they do have a really mm -hmm. great research library there um and lots of resources and awesome. I found that really helped to um also disconnect my my clinical you know analytical brain that was like yeah whatever this is a bit you know like bs bs yeah. whatever come on now that's a bit pull on that's a bit you know a bit out there a bit woo woo whatever um it did help me to just go, okay, so I'm not completely crazy. There is actually, you know, some recognized pattern here. There are some really interesting research papers about these, you know, studies that were done around gambling and roulette, you know, and the emotional response. And they had these people wired up, you know, they were taking heart rate variability and they were taking, you know, skin conductance, which was to do with perspiration. And there was like perceptible differences in mm -hmm. their, their, basically they sensed the outcome before the outcome. And that was when yeah. I was going, oh, my gosh, that's a bit weird. Like, how would you know before you know, right? Um, so, they were talking about, you know, the, the, the profitable gamblers were the ones who kind of knew before they knew. And it's like, how do you explain that? Um, and I like that question because yeah. when I'm left with like, oh, my gosh, how do you explain that? I love that because that, that opens up Pandora's box um, to possibilities. And that's where it gets exciting to just keep challenging yourself to be like, okay, so I don't know everything about everything. Um, maybe there's stuff out yeah. there I don't understand completely, but maybe one day I might or maybe I'm just curious enough to keep reading researching this um, until I either decide I'm just not interested and I'll tune out of it until life sends me in another direction and I might have to reconnect again. Yeah, yeah, I like that. And I think also just acknowledging that there's so many beautiful mysteries of the universe that maybe we don't have all the answers to right now and um, it's totally okay to lean into these little superpowers um, if you want. All right, superpowers. Awesome. We, uh, we've exhausted <laughs> our superpowers tonight. <laughs> I think we'll have to uh, to say love you and leave you. 
Yeah, awesome. Oh, ladies, thanks so much again for joining us. Um, thank you for all of your beautiful messages um, and love that you've been sending my way. Um, and Ash, thank you again um, to you, of course, you, Pete and Ollie, just so have been so beautiful. Uh, so ladies, we love that you've joined us. Um, we'll be back again um, next week. So we are the Wellness Women, Dr. Ashley Bond and Dr. Andrea Huddleston. We are raising the bar on women's health. And until next week, be well. This has been a production of thewellnesscouch.com. Check us out on Facebook and join in the conversation on facebook.com forward slash thewellnesscouch. Subscribe to each show on iTunes and check us out on Twitter. The Wellness Couch, streaming wellness into your lives. Whilst The Wellness Couch presenter endeavor to provide accurate and helpful information to their listeners, these podcasts cannot take into account individual circumstances and are not intended to be a substitute for health and medical advice from a qualified health professional. You should always seek the advice of a qualified health professional before acting on any of the information provided by any of The Wellness Couch podcasts.